This sound engineer should be diverted to another track and made to work on Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> it's relevant. Don't buy a large drink when you see this film because it will take real discipline to return to the auditorium when you leave to use the toilet. Oh, that's really mean. I mean, that's me with any film. Stop going to the bathroom in the middle of films, people. <laughs> a bunch of non-Asian people being their normal obnoxious selves in Japan. So it's a documentary, I guess. Uh, uh, Ooh, burn. Uh, <laughs> Man, that's... Uh... It's a commentary on society. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a collection of two-star reviews from imdb.com. Oh, we've upgraded to two. Oh the one-stars were... Not repeatable on air. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series and films. I'm Stephen, joined as always by Andrew. Hello. And Ryan. Hey, hey. So obviously, or not so obviously, because it's not been mentioned yet, we are going to be talking about Bullet Train for this episode. Uh, it just came out recently. I'm just going to put a, just a recently there, not going to date this because I can't <laughs> do that. Well, I mean, like, if they're listening to the episode, they've seen the the thumbnail. Theoretically, yes. In theory. Theoretically, yes. yes. Yeah. But yeah, we are talking about Bullet Train. And it is uh, definitely a film that centers around something very important which is uh, maybe oftentimes referred to as a MacGuffin. Yep. So before we actually get into discussing Bullet Train, we're going to talk about, uh, I, I hesitate to use the word favorite, but a another film or series. That uses I, a MacGuffin. I would be really impressed if there was a series that employed a MacGuffin. That almost might be hard to maintain. That's not, no, I mean, like there's, it, mm, I mean, I, Lost I, is probably all a MacGuffin, right? Like, well, but that's the thing, though. It's yeah. it's very nebulous. Like, you need to, uh, something specific. Should we define what MacGuffin is? So, MacGuffin is a object, a person, possibly even a place that is necessary and drives the plot forward. So, it doesn't do anything on its own. Yeah, it just kind of exists. Uh, a couple of examples that I don't think we're going to list in this would be something like Lord of the Rings. So, the One Ring. Uh, Saving Private Ryan, Private Ryan. So you can cover kind of a a broad (laughs) spectrum with this. It's just so long as it is the reason or the motivation to drive it. So without giving away any kind of twists or major plot elements, we're just going to kind of pitch a movie that we like that features a MacGuffin and kind of maybe set the stage, give us some characters, what's going on relatively, and go from there. Yeah. Who wants to kick us off first? I'll take it. I'll go first. My, uh, one of my favorite MacGuffins is the dude's rug from the Big Lebowski. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. In this movie, uh, (laughs) you know, you got this slacker guy, uh, the dude. The dude. And uh, he gets mistaken for this guy named the Big Big Lebowski. Now, Uh, this is played by... Um, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Bridges. I kept dude. trying to say Mark Bridges, and I didn't want to say it because <laughs> it was going to be horrible. The Jeff Bridges. Yes. Um, and basically, these debt collectors mistake him because he has the same last name of Lebowski as the Big Lebowski. So they come to his house to try to collect the debt that he doesn't have. He doesn't know what they're talking about. And, and when and we they, say when we say debt collectors, we're talking about the kind that show up with baseball bats, not yeah. lawyers. Yeah. And Break so they, your thumbs kind. Yeah. They destroy his rug, uh, and it really tied the room together. And then the entire. <laughs> rest of the movie is basically him trying to get restitution for this rug. And it kind of sets, you know, the events of the movie into, uh, to action. And so that that for me has always been a fun one of like, it's all about this rug that like 
It really, really put the room together, man. Yeah, it really, tied really the tied together. the room together. Yeah. And you've got what? Uh, Steve Buscemi, John Goodman, uh, John Goodman, Julianne Moore's in there. Um, oh, yeah, it, oh. it's it's a great cast. Still, Seymour Hoffman's it. like super young. Yep. Yeah, and early like Tara Reid too, I think. Yeah, Tara yeah, Reid early in her cameo. career. Yeah. yeah. So a good cast. Yeah. Good writing. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, fun. I definitely recommend it. It's one of my favorite Coen it, Brothers it, movies. It lands in that kind of cult classic realm. Yeah. Yeah. I would almost say, too, that some people, Oversell it's it. almost been memefied. It is. Oh, it's yeah. a yeah. very good movie. I enjoy it immensely. But I think some people don't fully get it, and they just watch it to quote funny lines yeah. from it. Yeah. You know? And it's like, that's not, it's not really trying to be that kind of comedy. It's really a pretty deep comedy yeah. if you look at like a lot of the layers but like a lot of people I think have memified it into the point that it's just like well and and, and you know. the that kind of or Big Lebowski and just Coen Brothers films in general is very similar to the film or for Bullet Train that we're kind of like reviewing because yep. they, mm-hmm. they have a lot of multifaceted storylines that all kind of just interact with each other yeah but mm-hmm. they're essentially unrelated a surface it's, it's almost like there's something tying it all together. Yeah, the MacGuffin. <laughs> the MacGuffin, or in this case, a rug. A rug, yeah. yeah. Andrew? Uh, sure. So um, I actually picked, um, this isn't really my favorite MacGuffin, but uh, I love the use of it in this film. Okay, that's a good. Which is uh, emphatically exactly what a MacGuffin is, um, and we have actually already reviewed it on this podcast before. Oh, Yeah. It is the Declaration of Independence from National Treasure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Self, oh, yeah. Self-advertisement. Hey, if you want to check out our other content, spoilersintendedpodcast.com. Yep. <laughs> uh, so this is basically, you know, National Treasure, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, and Sean Bean as the antagonist, basically. No, are, not Sean Bean. <laughs> Never. They are, they are kind of um, uh, competing at the beginning of the film to – uh, basically find a map that they believe is on the back of the Declaration of Independence. So they have to um, basically steal the independence to save the independence kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it is definitely one of one of my favorite kind of uh, earlier kind of MacGuffin chases just because, one, it's the Declaration of Independence, which is hilarious. But then you have a couple switcheroos mm-hmm. where you don't really know who actually has it throughout the film well, and it's yeah. also it's emphatically a Nicolas Cage movie at the same time yeah <laughs> in, in, the, in the best way yeah 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 the, it, this is definitely one of my favorite films that he's done uh just just wholesale it is, just, it is a very entertaining film. yeah, yeah. Uh, especially for what it is mm-hmm. um but yeah it's if you've somehow never seen National Treasure I would definitely go watch it it's yeah. totally worth it well I guess it's up to me now and speaking of tying everything together my movie also features Brad Pitt not in a leading role. Uh, we're going with Snatch. Yep. Mm. Figured that one was coming. Yeah, I I love love this movie. Uh, so this. I thought you were going to say Brad Pitt, and I was like, that's also fair. <laughs> I, I mean, right. don't get me wrong. We talk about you know big name actors being a draw, and usually speaking, you know Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt. You're like, yeah, this is probably at least has a has a high floor. Yeah, we're not just yeah. going to get a, a total dumpster fire. Yeah, but. Anyway, so this has Brad Pitt, Jason Statham, who is not playing his typical himself macho man role. Yeah. yeah. He, he's very much so not in charge here. Uh, <laughs> got people like Benicio Del Toro. Uh, yeah. Alan Ford is one of the, kind of the villains or as he phrases it, nemesis. <laughs> but basically it starts with a diamond heist. And the diamond is not transported properly from the heist. So suddenly we have all of these different characters who are interested in 
the diamond. obtaining this diamond. But we have a lot of other neat little subplots going on. Jason Statham is basically a uh, underground boxing <laughs> uh, manager. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt is a bare knuckle boxing pikey or gypsy. Pikey. Who legit, I, I don't know if they actually made him learn any lines for half the movie. He just says things. When you turn subtitles on, it just says pikey gibberish. It, right? like, <laughs> it just puts question marks. Yeah. yeah. You're not supposed to understand what yeah, he says. Yeah. But it it's, you know, it's a Guy Ritchie film. It has a lot of similarities to Bullet Train. We got a lot of really good witty dialogue, quick cuts, you know, the little flashback, these kind of things that happen within. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of my first exposures. I don't want to say to a MacGuffin per se, but it's definitely one of my favorite versions of you, it. Yeah, uses of it. Because it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty violent. I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people who get shot and that kind of stuff in the middle of it, but it's also still a really fun film. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say. But speaking of a film <laughs> where there's a lot of people who get shot and it's also pretty fun. I, th- yeah. I feel pretty safe saying that. We are talking about Bullet Train. And we're going to kick this off. I'm going to hand out a quick little plot synopsis. And I love how I love the way this synopsis starts. Ladybug is an unlucky assassin who's determined to do his job peacefully after one too many gigs has gone off the rails. Fate, however, may have other plans as his latest mission puts him on a collision course with lethal, bleh, lethal adversaries from around the globe, all with connected yet conflicting objectives on the world's fastest train. <laughs> that sums it up pretty well, I think. Yeah, yeah for the most part. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to kick this off with a little score here. Yep. And this is done. We all rate the movie on five factors. So we're looking at the spectacle, the performance, the score the plot, and our entertainment. We put all those numbers together, mishmash them around a little bit, and what we came out with for this is a seven. Yeah. That's respectable. It's respectable. Yeah. Uh, I feel that's a little low, but my entertainment is is much higher than maybe some other people. So Yeah. I, 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 I feel think, like that's pretty accurate. I yeah. think there's a... I, we're, we're, we're both going to look at the other person and say, I feel like there's a factor here. <laughs> yep, there is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's definitely a type of a movie that appeals to me. Yeah. And I absolutely went into it thinking this is going to be really dumb and I'm just, you know, it's something recent. We're going to watch it for the cast. I probably wouldn't go to the theaters to see it. And I was you know, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So some thoughts? I thought it was pretty good. We'll start um, with Ryan first. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I, I thought it was pretty good. I think my um, big, biggest drawbacks for me is that I, I thought visually it was amazing. Yeah. I think um, – a lot of the comedy just did not land for me. Interesting. And ironically, I didn't really care for Brad Pitt that much in this movie. Oh, no. Like, yeah, he wow. wasn't charismatic to me at all. And that what? really detracted from the movie for me. Oh, no. I was like, well, I also recently just watched, you know, Ocean's Eleven and Fight Club. And so I've seen Brad Pitt at, at peak at Pitt. Peak, yeah. And so maybe I, like, just assumed he would, in my opinion, be way more... I guess better than what he was. It, it was a letdown for me. Brad Pitt's part of it. Um, for me, it was a very good movie, very entertaining. Like I think this is a fun time, regardless. I just think that the the transitioning back and forth between action and comedy was not handled as cleanly, cleanly, there, or as a, smoothly. A couple clunky parts as in there, someone yeah. like uh, like Snatch by Guy Ritchie right. or like a Edgar Wright movie like Hot Fuzz yeah. or Baby yeah. Driver. I feel like those movies do a better job of mixing in 
the soundtrack, the editing, the comedy bits land and transition better. I feel like for me, it just every now and then the comedy felt like it was interrupting the action and it wasn't that good to me. Yeah. It, it, the comedy for me didn't land a lot of the time. And that that kind of, for me, felt weird. And the overall, good movie. I had a fun time. But it, it, it kept it from being great, in my opinion, because of the comedy. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's, that's, that's yeah. totally fair. So I uh, genuinely enjoyed this film. I was pretty much laughing the whole time. But I definitely don't disagree that there there are some parts of the film that just don't hit as well as they probably should. Yeah. Maybe just because the comedic timing wasn't there or the pacing of the scene was just a little weird. Uh, most of it happens towards the end of the film where uh, I, the the story kind of goes off the rails quite a bit. Of, <laughs> literally. Uh, literally. And, I was waiting and, how long and, it would take for us literally. to say off the rails um, in this episode. But it de- there was definitely a couple moments um, towards the end that were like, you could tell that they had something almost there, but then either they didn't push it hard enough yeah. or they cut out like one or two lines of dialogue just for maybe the sake of time. It almost doesn't go off the rails enough. Yeah. Um, like, like they don't lean into it hard <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, but the, but beyond that, um, I, I loved, um, just kind of this nondescript, completely unrealistic, um, vision of what uh, it would be like on a on a Shinkansen or a bullet train, um, <laughs> and and just having the general setting of like, and it, this was really more Japanese adjacent than anything else. Sure, there mm-hmm. wasn't really any kind of like Japanese culture inserts in there beyond just right at the beginning of the film, yeah, uh, and just a couple little like motifs of of Japan. But yeah. I, I have a feeling that because of the content of the film. They had to keep it as basically generic as possible, especially they from yeah. the from the rail line. You couldn't have any kind of JR line, which is the actual um, train line in Japan, yeah, uh, or any kind of real discerning um, locations beyond just like this is Shizuoka Station or this is Kyoto Station, just because um, it's it's not the kind of film that probably Japanese like government would probably want you to see sure yeah, um, yeah. And, and think oh this is what it's like this is what it's like yeah. in japan <laughs> not, not the greatest <laughs> please ride our tourism advertisement yeah. yeah tourists come by our tickets where assassins may be trying to kill each other exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I would i would say uh, that the japanese setting is just window dressing more it, than is. it is yeah 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 well and this is based on a novel which mm-hmm. is you know written by a japanese author it was based on that so trying to stay kind of true to that you know it puts them there but they, they can't be Perfect with the setting because again, yeah. you know, Japanese tourism boards kind of look at that one and be like, "You kind, you want to do what?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, for me, obviously, I've already said I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I enjoyed it far more than I expected to, which I think is a big factor. I definitely did go in with basically zero expectations. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you brought up that Brad Pitt wasn't charismatic enough. Mm-hmm. So I like Brad Pitt. I like the idea that he, uh, you know, when he's in a movie, it's generally good. I also really like in things like Ocean's Eleven, he's not necessarily the primary character. Yeah. Uh, you know, Burn After Reading, he's not the primary character. I love him in that. Oh, yeah, That's he's the great the role in that. he's born to play. Yeah. Uh, and so for this, having all these other characters who are kind of on the side, but also kind of almost main characters in their own right, was yeah. kind of a breath of fresh air. Because when Brad Pitt doesn't have to be the shining beacon carrying everything, there's a lot of room to play with it. And they did. Sure. They played with a lot of things. Yeah, and the the supporting cast for this film, which is very large, 
Yes. Uh, did a, a great job, I mm-hmm. thought. Um, mm-hmm. Only only one that I didn't really like was um, I have to. It's kind of spoiler, so I have to wait until afterwards. Well, okay. okay, well that's yeah, fine. we held on that. But speaking of, since you brought up Edgar Wright and Guy Ritchie, and I yeah. haven't gone into any kind of details on this, this is actually directed by uh, David Leitch or Leach. I probably I think it's Leach. I think it's Leach. Yeah, I've probably butchered it, but it's fine. Uh, so you may know him from Deadpool too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also had a, it, it's, I think it's considered uncredited or he's like a producer, not a director, but he was part of John Wick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a longtime stuntman and stuntman director who has gone to just directing. So one of the nice things there is he has, one, he sets up really good stunts. He has a, a good group that he can draw on to set up good stunts. I think we saw that in this yeah. film. Has some pretty, I think the execution of all the fights and stunts were oh, yeah. yeah. top yeah. notch. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly Brad Pitt did about 95% of his own stunts nice. as well. So. Which, good for him. Like, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, because he, he is he's one of the, like, I'll say like the, one of the last like true movie stars that that like from that kind of era right that we grew up in yeah. where like unless you're Tom Cruise most <laughs> places aren't going to insure you well because Tom doing... Cruise just is insuring himself exactly yeah. yeah where well, it's it's always nice whenever you see like actors like Brad Pitt that are doing yeah. their own stuff but I would say in this case too like most of the stunts are just fighting people in a room yeah, they're, they're on a pretty, train they're pretty loose he's not hanging low. off the outside of a plane right. he's <laughs> not climbing <laughs> a big building <laughs> right. yeah yeah uh, composer here is Dominic Lewis hmm. which isn't a name I recognize so I had to go and do some looking up uh, Freebirds is something he's known for I don't know it. Nope. Uh, mm-hmm. He he uh, did uh, Peter Rabbit and Peter Rabbit Two. I don't know if classics. That's, that's uh, a big bangers. back. Two bangers, <laughs> true, right true there. Just like Snatch and Guy Ritchie, Peter <laughs> so, Rabbit, man. So the thing that I thought was interesting, though, is he was part of. He worked with John Powell on How to Train Your Dragon. So he's okay. been exposed to some really good music. Yeah. Uh, worked with Hans Zimmer on Kung Fu Panda Two. Uh, <laughs> cool. Right. Uh, did some things for like Amazing Spider-Man Two, Captain America: Winter Soldier. The Spider-Man Two soundtrack is actually quite good. Right. Yeah. And then my personal favorite thing out of this whole list is Ducktales. He is Donald Duck's singing voice in the new Ducktales. Oh, oh wow. that's awesome! Right? Like, what a random credit that is! Like, oh, that's so yeah. cool. I'm gonna bring that up. <laughs> who are we gonna get to do this? I got a guy. I, the, I know someone who can sing like a duck. Yeah. So, so there's some. Um, there's some really good, speaking of the soundtrack, um, mm-hmm. there are some great Japanese covers of popular music, like Holding Out for a Hero yeah, is one. Yeah. And um, honestly, like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the soundtrack. We've been listening to it basically after, since we, since we watched the film. Yeah. Uh, so also, just some other facts. So this, uh, so far, had 123 million box office global. Mm. Uh, on about an eighty to ninety million dollar budget. That's actually not too bad. Not too so bad. Yeah. That's that's one. The budget's way lower than I. Again, this is a, an ensemble cast, right? We're talking. Uh, it, it, Brad they must have gotten Pitt. Brad Pitt pretty cheap. Yeah, Probably, he, must, yeah. he must have done done a favor or something here. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Andrew Koji. We also have uh, Joey King. Uh, then Andrew's gonna love this one. Hiroyuki yeah. Sanada. 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 Thank you. <laughs> uh, along with uh, one of my favorite Japanese actors. Oh yeah, yeah. he's great. Love that. He guy. shows up in a, a lot of things that when they're like, we need a we need a, a stern Japanese man. He, yeah, he's never he's never really <laughs> top billing. Yeah, but he's always a really welcome yeah uh, welcome addition to basically any cast. He's always solid. Yeah, and then, and then topping it off with uh, Sandra Bullock as uh, Maria. Yeah. Just yeah. the voice over the phone. Yeah. Well, she shows up at the end, and one one of the reviews I hit, one of the things they said at the end was. 
Sandra Bullock's face is about the only thing I could tolerate in this film. Oh, no. <laughs> it was what? at least welcome. I was like, dude, what is going on in your life? <laughs> wait, wait. Wouldn't you rather talk this out? Not particularly, no. Well, my therapist recommended me a great website. Let me guess, they have a Patreon, a Discord, and lots of content. Yeah. Hey, did you already know about SpoilersIntendedPodcast.com? Yes, yes, they have a spoiler wall to protect their listeners, I know. Well, you know it's right behind you. What? Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed a quick intermission. If you didn't get the hint, it is all spoilers all the time from here on out. And I think we're just going to kick this right off into spectacle. And I want to hear some thoughts from Ryan. I gave it a nine. Okay. I thought oh, okay. The, wow. Yeah. The visuals, I thought, again, all the action scenes yeah. were incredibly choreographed. Well, um, and they're very clear. Like, you knew what was yeah. happening. You, yeah. You know again, what's going David on. David Leach. Having a stunt background yep. is mm -hmm. incredible. I, I want more directors to come from the world of stunt coordinators because well, if there, there's a reason action why films. Yeah. There's Definitely. a reason why Jackie Chan films that he directed mm -hmm. are very good. Exactly. Like just having somebody that understands the flow of motion and how to set up fun, yep. interesting fight scenes, like I think that was great. It's very colorful. I love all the oh, like yeah. the, the neon lights and the, yeah. the coloring. Um the I saw some people complaining online about like the CG was bad. I I didn't think it was bad at all. There were, there was maybe at the end like when the train is like oh, going yeah, I mean, like, yeah. off the rails. But, but it's like okay, like to me, I thought visually it was it was a wild ride. I think um, you know all the 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 set pieces, all the actions, great. The, I, the POV shots were really good too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like every everything to me from a spectacle standpoint was was great. Yeah. I I thought it was definitely a nine. Yeah. Andrew? Uh, I gave it an eight. Okay. Uh, mostly just, I, I knocked it a little bit more for the CGI. Mm. Uh, but, uh, but honestly, and some of the, um, the, the blood effects were a little silly. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. especially like the, whenever the, um, the hornet gets basically a taste of her own medicine and, and like, oh, yeah. like all the, like the coagulated blood on her face. I was like, eh, yeah. yeah, I didn't need to see that, but, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the, the actual action scenes were just fantastic yeah, like, they, like you could tell exactly what was happening every time which is really important i think in yeah. a lot of modern films because most modern films are going to cut not to to show the action because mm -hmm. they're they're going to cut you know in between just so they don't have the actors don't actually have to do it I, I think for me the bottom barrel of modern action being terrible is like the second born movie Ugh. or maybe <laughs> well, the third that's, one that's just shape like the it thing was is, just, they did this, it all. Yeah. You just can't tell they did it because they just grabbed the camera they and just shook it. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, uh, seriously, in one of those movies, one scene where I was like, I don't know who won. It, it was definitely the born, the second yeah. one. It was the second yeah, one, the right? the second yeah. one was when Shaky Cam got real. For me, that is like the low point of cinema, like, <laughs> which, is, which is amazing yeah. because the actual movie is pretty good right. if they would just stabilize the camera. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, I loved all of the um, the title cards. Yeah. Um, with with yeah. Japanese kanji and then like the then the characters' names in front, I thought those were fantastic. Yeah, and uh, the the POV shot of the water bottle at the end uh, was just <laughs> absolutely incredible because it's it's such a good way to um, release some of the tension mm -hmm. while getting a solid laugh out of it. But yeah. then also you have um, a a pretty interesting POV of you know obviously the life of this <laughs> this water bottle that has now. Um, culminated in the um, uh, in one of our characters not dying. Yeah, so well, it's I, like one of the, it's a seemingly unimportant thing that like becomes yep 
yeah. a thread throughout the entire thing, and you didn't even notice yeah, you don't it. even notice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I loved that because at that point the movie became kind of self aware. Yeah. Like we've done a flashback for every other major player. Now you get to know <laughs> the water bottles. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, you know, you 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 go long enough, and it starts becoming a parody of itself. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, so I, I gave it an eight, but really just knocked it just a little bit for, for some extra CGI stuff, you know, like at the end with the, with the getting a little go, up there going, basically like ramping another sitting train um, <laughs> over itself that yeah. and then it was totally fine. And yeah. then like, you know, crashing through an entire small Japanese town, which is really sad. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Never unpack that, do they? <laughs> no. no, don't worry about that. We, we <laughs> yeah. went very Marvel. Yep. Uh, so I also gave it a nine. Oh, nice. okay. Yeah, I, you know, the, I, I I can see the complaints about some of the CGI. Yeah. But the color, the the stylistic choices that were made, stuff with like the flashbacks where everyone got, everyone got their own intro and the characters were, you know, beyond performance thing, but their clothing, the style, the way they were introduced was all incredibly distinct. Like, everything was memorable. There was, you knew who you were looking at. Yeah. yeah. Everyone passed a silhouette test. Yeah, there was never a moment where you saw three people sitting together on the train you're like, which one's which? Yeah. Like, yeah. it was never in doubt. Uh, so I, I really appreciated that, you know, the, the, the fight choreography in what is essentially a very tight confines. I mean, they have a fight where each character is sitting down opposite each other in a seat. Yeah. And it's great, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I really, really give high marks for those kinds of things. And yeah, you know, the CGI may be a little rough towards the end. It's maybe a little ridiculous. But the thing is, up to that point, they kind of sucked me in so well yeah. that while disbelief dollars are at risk here, <laughs> I was already past the point. Like, well, I'm already bought in. I just accept it. Right? Yeah, you just, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. So it, it just doesn't hit it as hard as I would expect. Yeah. And th- there are some um, – this is kind of more entertainment, I guess. But, like, there are some really good Yakuza – um, gang member death uh, during the ending sequence that were yeah. just hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, they they you know again maybe making a little. There are also complaints in the reviews about making light over death and this kind of thing. Oh, well, please. but I mean, it's a it's, it's a it's not the comedy kind of, action. Yeah, it's a comedy yeah. action film. That, it's the wrong like, movie. It's all about assassins, and like, it's rated huh? R. I don't know what you expected. So performance? Yeah, uh, I'll go. Okay, uh, we'll Andrew's, probably start Andrew's on a high note. Um, I gave it a nine. Okay. I I thought the um, so maybe it's just because I haven't seen any like the Ocean's films and Fight Club in, in a long time. Oh, okay. No, I was like, you haven't seen? No, 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 no. no, no, I, no, no, no. I, I promise you, I have. Let him finish. Please, please do not lynch me. Um, yeah, no, I I definitely have seen them. Uh, but the last Brad Pitt film I watched, he wasn't even. Um, it was an, also another Sandra Bullock film, uh, Lost City. I've seen that, which is, has Channing Tatum, oddly enough. Yeah, and um, and Brad Pitt's only in it for like a very short Cameo. period of time, but he is kind of plays the same character mm. where he is a very capable, essentially action star. He's good yeah. at, good at what he does, but he is very you know wusa, um, you know yeah. very zen, and um, uh, so going into this and seeing him kind of play the same character, but a little bit longer, I had so much fun with him just because. You know that, like, and and it was actually pretty earned for most of the film. But like, he you he clearly is good at what he does, but he just doesn't want to do it, and he <laughs> right. does, or he doesn't want to like you know kill people and that kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, but the 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 supporting cast, I think, are what the really shining stars are for this film. Yes, because um, uh, Joey King was actually really fun 
Um, she's not as, a, as Prince. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you don't get a ton of her just because like she's kind of the straight man, but she's also the most evil character probably out of it outside of her father. She she has the most nefarious goal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like there wasn't a character that I didn't enjoy being on screen. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to pick this up before we, we maybe take a dive. <laughs> I also gave performance a nine. And a huge part of that, you know, Brad Pitt as, you know, kind of the uh, reformed, you know, well, bad luck. Well, he's turned to, you know, the therapy and Zen and just, you know, woosah, except like, yeah, that's, that's a hilarious character. But for me, what really drove it was uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah. As <laughs> Both ta- ta- three they're name names. so hard as yeah. <laughs> Tangerine and Lemon, which yeah. is already a hilarious because they played on that a lot. But man, their chemistry, like when they're when they're talking about you know past jobs and this kind of like I believe it because yeah. they are definitely you know two guys who've been together a long time. They get along, but they're still gonna you know push back at each other. And well, and they definitely had the best chemistry. Oh, yeah. out of everyone. I, I think uh, you know Aaron Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brad Pitt worked well together. Every time I every time you say that, I think you're gonna say Aaron Taylor Thomas. I know. <laughs> You mean Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Thomas? Taylor Thomas. I, but it, like, JTT? Like, but, it, but it's just like the it's just the same cadence. The alliteration anyway. of it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the the cameos were fun. You know, Channing Tatum uh, the showing cam- up. Yeah, the cameo was a lot of fun. Uh, so that that was kind of fun. You have this like uh, you know triad here between the three of, of Bullock, Tatum, and Pitt, where they're like, "Well, yeah, I'll be in your movie if you'll be in mine." Yeah. Oh, okay. Fine. I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> for cheap now. We don't have much budget. So uh, just going back. Um, I actually wasn't a fan of Michael Shannon as the White Death. Really? I okay. So I don't. I, I love Michael Shannon to be clear. Oh, I see. I actually don't like him at all. I think all. he's fantastic. I so, was so okay. sad whenever I saw what, him. What else has he done? Uh, he was Zod in Zod and Superman. Okay. He was um. Oh, what is that movie called? I watched a movie that was basically him. He's like a mob enforcer back yeah. in the 70s. Yeah. I loved so, him in that. So basically, for me, he's kind of a blank slate because I couldn't, yeah. when I saw him on screen, I didn't immediately go, oh, he was on Well, he, he looks such. kind of like the guy that played Vicious in Cowboy Bebop. He does, yes. Which, and, and it's basically the yeah. same kind Ugh. of character. It is the same kind of character. <laughs> I, I do think it's better done here. It was. For, um, so he gives up on the Russian really accent halfway through he it. Does. Yeah, he, he just does. stops. Yeah. He like does it for like the first two or three scenes he's on screen. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm done with that. And it's like, <laughs> was this like a reshoot? And they forgot they shot the first part in Russian in accent? Russian. <laughs> or like did the Russian dude, is he secretly American? Yeah. Right, What's some, happening? I'm hearing some complaints over here from Ryan. You want to give us a score? Oh, I gave it a six. I didn't like the Whoa. performance for most people. Yeah. Wow. The comedy just didn't land for me. I think especially Brad Pitt. Again, it was like baffling to me to sit in the theater i've every movie i've ever seen brad pitt in i've enjoyed him and huh. i thought he was charismatic and great i got to this movie none of it felt to me ironically like this movie was written for ryan reynolds and brad pitt filled in which is because because <laughs> ryan reynolds is also a cameo. I know, which is a cameo in here which is I, I had that thought before his cameo happened i was like this feels like it so should have been ryan which, reynolds which is are we going meta here since he's the replacement right. now for... i don't like ryan reynolds as much anymore his whole thing has gotten to where he's just playing himself in every movie i, I do not like ryan reynolds right? at all. i I'm... used to like ryan reynolds and every time every, almost everything i see him in since it's like every time it goes down a little bit more yeah but Which like, is funny because I'm actually totally fine with it because it's kind of like going into, you know, like a, a an Alec Baldwin movie or something. Like I know yeah. what I'm going to get and baseline it's fine. It's really a question of what else can we get around it. Yeah. So. 
But so to me, like a lot of the jokes did not feel, they just didn't hit. Like when Brad oh, Pitt said them, I didn't, I didn't laugh at all like at Brad Pitt. All of his parts felt stilted and almost phoned in to me. Like, oh, wow. For me, Tangerine and Lemon were the movie. I wish the movie had been about them. Their char- charisma. I mean, they were definitely, great. they were definitely yeah. the shining stars. I was, I was concerned for their safety. Right. right. I yeah. wanted these characters to to live and continue on because I, I wanted more, right? Well, and 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 you kind of knew going in that Brad Pitt wasn't going to die. Sure. Mostly, that, mostly just because like that was kind of the that whole been shtick. One the whole shtick of, of Ladybug, yeah. Yeah. But like my I think too like there's just certain scenes with him that it just didn't connect for me like when um the um the hornet is that her name? Yeah. She yes. injects herself with the poison. And he's like quipping while she's like horrifically dying. It felt very glib. It didn't like come across as like that, that, I think someone else could have done that and made it like funny, but when he did it, it just, for me at least, I, I have it things didn't. to say, but that's for plot. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like for me, it was it was a lot of the side characters were great. Um, I think Andrew Koji is another one who kind of struggled. He was just kind of mopey through the whole movie. He's the one who played um, Kimura. Yeah, the, the father. Had, had, yeah, yeah. I never understood his plight fully or cared about it enough. And really? he always like was just kind of like down. I mean, and, his, like I, when his, his kid got thrown off of a building, right? Yeah. But like because he was a bad dad, like I didn't care about it. when he got shot. I was like, okay, well, like, he's dead. Way to go, bye. Well, but that's the thing; he wasn't even really even. I wouldn't even consider him a supporting character. He's kind of a MacGuffin as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he's he's more a reason for I the just elder feel like, to show up. Yeah. If I could have cared about him and his story and Brad Pitt and his story as much as I cared about Lemon and Tangerine. I would have liked it a whole lot more. Yeah. But okay. I didn't ultimately. Well, like, but it's it's definitely like so his character is very much the like the the traditional yeah. like, you know, oh my my kids, you know, in the hospital and now you have leverage over me because I can't do anything because you're right. gonna kill him otherwise. Yeah. And and that's like as far as I went, like I was like, All right, that's enough for me. Like he's just gonna be this this he is tragic character. Yeah. And he actually didn't do anything even at the end like they're no. like he doesn't know that my son and i are here and it's like <laughs> your son literally did nothing yeah 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 he like, just kind of existed so the, my, my last thing i'll say not to be just too negative i just want to reiterate why i gave it a six i think the comedy got into this situation where it was almost like family guy where it's like a thing happens and then we flash back a thing happens and then we like flash back and we get like the backstory of some of these people they're not all created equal. Some of those backstories were like fun and yeah. interesting. Others mm-hmm. felt like they interrupted the flow of what's happening. Uh, so, uh, like, so I think my favorite, like I actually genuinely loved um, the, uh, the Mexican cartel. The yeah. Wolf. That was a that really good one. That was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that whole like, <laughs> you know, side plot and flashback was great. So that's, well, I guess my problem is I feel like th- that number one, the plot with, with that's more plot, I guess, but like, it is. It is plot. Yeah, we'll save that. But like for for performances, mm-hmm. it felt like the comedy. I don't know if it was an editing issue. I don't know if it was the writing or if it was delivery. But like some jokes felt like they had too much like space at the end of them, and they didn't land right because the timing felt weird. I don't know again if that was delivery. Others felt like they didn't have enough like space for it to really land. It mm-hmm. just felt yeah. Again, performance wise, I feel like. I've seen movies like Snatch. I've seen movies from Edgar Wright where like the the dialogue is quippy. It's popping back and forth and things are hitting on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And for me, for this movie, it just didn't. It felt like 
it needed another pass in the editing room or maybe another pass with like different so, takes from the actors. So there there definitely was a couple times where like some of the some of the jokes felt like it was either one level too complex for what they were talking about yeah. or one level too simple mm-hmm. for what it could have been. Yeah. Um and, but most of that really happened towards the end of the film where the plot starts literally just going completely off the side off the rails off the rails you know go. whatever we should have a calendar um, ding, yeah, ding. ding. <laughs> uh just because like the content was just so different at that point compared yeah. to the beginning of the film where everyone's still like it's not open violence yeah yeah, yeah. so score yeah score 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 you you need to start i need to start yeah okay i feel like this is gonna be a middle of the road choice here i gave it a seven okay uh you know i liked the kind of the poppy covers if yeah. you will stuff to hit you know uh holding out for a hero i think 500 miles was in there as well yeah uh a couple of, i feel like those work for the time the setting you know it's, it's not like we're going to the 1700s and we drop you know uh backstreet boys in there or something. yeah you know, like you can you can pull it off there are some you know knight's tale comes to mind yeah but for the setting for what's going on it worked really well yeah uh i think maybe where i've where i've lacked or missed some was we were we were very heavy into action and comedy and we didn't really have because there's some dramatic moments there's some that we didn't really get a whole lot behind that okay and and that from going from some of the you know the actual like songs to like a composition was maybe almost a little jarring in a sense where it was like well there's just not well a lot like a lot of the 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 soundtrack was um like kind of hip-hop rock yeah kind of stuff and like that carries action really well yeah but for some of the other, you know, like the, you know, with the, the elder where we have kind of the dramatic, you know, old school Japanese crime type thing. Yeah. That's, that's not really like a hip hop rock subject. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's much more of a traditional score. Well, it, it felt score. more tongue in cheek. It was funny because I didn't really read it that way. I actually was like, wow, they're, they're taking this kind of seriously and it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I just think the music just. For the action and the upbeat stuff, it was there. For some of the others, it was maybe just not there enough. Yeah. So, Andrew? Um, I gave it a nine. Andrew loves um, this score. I love wow. this soundtrack. Um, genuinely, like, I just really loved the Japanese covers, which were really fun. Mm-hmm. And there was um, a substantial amount of just, like, the the really heavy rock, like, as more of, like, atmospheric pieces like whenever they did like some of the flashbacks especially of the white death like um taking over the uh mm-hmm. the yakuza um family and everything like those were really cool and it works really well when it's all in slow motion and you have like the fire around you yeah. and everything um the the one probably the only real big nitpick that i had was and this is kind of like performance and score but this is more like just audio mixing uh, some of the dialogue was a little hard to understand. Yeah. Uh, particularly when British accents are also trying to whisper. And right. maybe it's just because I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm not British, so I don't, I don't, I'm not used to listening to that kind of accent. Yeah. So they're like, there's a couple times where they're whispering and I'm like, what did they just say? Uh, but like, you still understand what they're saying, but it's, it's like, it would have been nice for me to like actually hear it. Yeah, like, understand what they're saying. Yeah. 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 All right, I'll jump in. I gave it a five. Oh. I did not care for the score. Uh, My favorite part was the Japanese covers of songs. 
I almost wish they had just stuck with that the whole way through. Uh, it, it would have been better, honestly, yeah. in my opinion. Because the actual score, not the, the pop songs or anything, the, the score of it was, to me, a bit forgettable. Like, it was mm, there, yeah. it was serviceable, but it didn't stand out or really make me, like, notice it in any way that made me think, like, ooh, that... And like you're saying, Stephen, like, there's a few times where it transitions from, like, the pop song to the score that felt kind of weird. It's jarring. Yeah. Audio mixing-wise, maybe that was more of the issue. Or, yeah. Yeah. But for me, the the songs they chose, again, outside of the Japanese covers, none of them hit for me. Like, I tried to listen to the soundtrack afterwards. Yeah. I was like, maybe I just, like, you know, yeah. need to just listen to it. Still didn't care for them. They feel very all over the place. And again, not to harp on the same thing, but I feel like somebody like an Edgar Wright or a Guy Ritchie or a Tarantino would Ooh. have, like, mm. brought in a bunch of, like, songs that made... To me, more sense. Sense for the context of whatever. For the context, scene it was, would yeah. have been more memorable mm-hmm. and more like impactful. Like, like a, I don't want to say Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm just trying to think of like, like Edgar Wright's a good one because he yeah. always has really good yeah. song choices that hit. And it's like, this song makes this scene. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there are so many moments, especially thinking of like Baby Driver, where like, you know, the music hits and it's like well, perfect. It like, helps with a lot of those style of movies because often the, the music is in the movie, right? right? The characters are listening to it and acting on it, whereas this was not. Yeah. Uh, I do find it kind of interesting that I ended up dead center of the two of you because I was kind of <laughs> like, man, am I being harsh? Am I being too kind? I don't know. Well, apparently I could have gone either way. Yeah. Again, yeah. I like the Japanese covers. I, I just kind of wish maybe they had done nothing but Japanese covers for all of the songs. Maybe that's the way they I went. I mean, I would have preferred that. That, that would have been, been fun. Great. Yeah, that would have been great. That would have been like a theme. So to, for me, that's the problem is it, it felt like the music was all over the place. There wasn't a cohesive thing. And some of the songs hit and they just felt like generic rock song. Yeah. yeah. Well, or, I mean, you know, like so it didn't feel like, oh, this song is making this scene. I've got to, yeah. Know. Well, and you, you had the really nice cutaway for the, um, uh, for Lemon and Tangerine's backstory yeah. with mm-hmm. the, um, or not really the backstory, but them going over how the, many people they the killed. The prior job. Yeah. yeah. Or, or how they Believe got. How they got him. Yeah, how they how they got hit their first half of the MacGuffin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of how they got it and the first half of the MacGuffin, let's talk about plot. I'm going to take this one first. Sure. I gave it a seven. Okay. And, I, I've you know, props here, right? For how much is going on all the the goals that everyone has, I felt like it was very clear what everyone wanted and how they were trying to get it. Yeah. And I think the flashbacks helped a lot here because it made it obvious, you know, like, why is the wolf coming onto the train? Well, we we, we get a chunk yeah. of that, right? Yeah. And even though his, maybe his goal is maybe a little misaligned and that kind of thing, uh, you know, I, I ding it because, yeah, the third act, the end is like, again, off the rails. But yeah. Uh, That's three. Uh, that's three? Okay. And <laughs> let's see how many more we can stuff in here. I think that's like five, actually. I think. <laughs> but there are some moments within that that I really love. Like when the train wreck is happening and Pitt is flying down the hallway mm-hmm. and the, the big mascot suit saving him, essentially, because he just hits it like a cushion. Yeah. Like that actual scene, I love. I thought that was amazing and really well done. And, and Pitt, it's just the, the huge spectacle that was going on around it was just like, okay, yeah, guys, yeah, okay, get it out of your system. So in, in our theater, there was a lady that was like down on the, um, just like on one of the other earlier rows. Mm-hmm. And he just audible, audible, just, oh, okay. <laughs> like as, as it's happening. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to tell you that we had great laughs or groans in our theater, but there were only like three people in it. Oh, so. we had we had almost a full theater. Oh wow! For us. Okay. And, well, you went um, on a Friday, right? Yeah, we went on a Friday, yeah. and the guys next to me 
uh, they were having a grand old time. I mean, we like Laura and I were both loved it. Honestly, yeah, this is, we're, we're, that's entertainment. Uh, yeah, sticking back with plot, you know, I love the little subplot of like the boomerang snake. Was it boomerang? Yeah, boom slang, boom slang. Uh, snake, <laughs> you know, at its at its little meanderings of its own journey within the the train, yep. yeah, and just uh, the way stuff came together. This is you know again Edgar Wright, Guy Ritchie, these types of films where everything kind of collides. Yeah, is my favorite way to set up a plot because one, it feels difficult to do, and two, it can be very very satisfying. Right? Yeah, where, where small things build and add into this problem now, et cetera, et cetera, and for the most part, that worked out here. I think maybe there was a a little too much. The flashbacks probably hurt pacing a little bit at times, especially because the flashbacks felt like some people got a lot of time and others got less. Well, so, like, yeah, sorry, continue. Oh, no, no, you're, you were fine. I, it, it's just one of those things that kind of got me where if each flashback was set, well, hey, you're, you know, we get like uh, into the Spider-Verse, right? Yeah. You know, we're going to do the backstory and everyone gets 15 seconds. That's it. Well, now <laughs> we have three people. Well, you only get 15 seconds. You got to go. And if they had done something like that, I think it would have worked a little better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that that about does it for me. Okay, I'll jump in because I also gave it a seven. I thought the plot was good. I, li- I like movies that the, everything comes together in the end and there's mm-hmm. no obvious plot holes. There's no yeah. obvious like, oh, well, how, he just knew to go here. You know, how, like, how did he well, get there? When he got bit by the snake. Um, that was, I was questionable. I, it was questionable and I was like, but does anti, if you already have anti yeah, have no in, does that stop it? <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have no idea. I have no, yeah. yeah but, I, I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about that. I'm, I'm just going to go with that. I'm happy yeah. though they at least justified it where he said it to the other character. Well, I guess, you know, I just got so much anti-venom right now still in me. <laughs> it's like, it, oddly enough. Let it slide. Even the movie was like, is that how this works? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I thought that for as fast as this movie moves, like, cause it's kind of a blistering pace. Yeah. yeah. Obviously bullet train, but, uh, it <laughs> never gets confusing. No. Like, like everything is, you, you is, know exactly. is very clear. Yeah. And it, again, the, the way it moves from scene to scene is, is, is good. The only thing I think again, for me is like the structure of some of the flashbacks were not all created equal. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it kind of broke the flow of it a little bit. Yeah. I think we talked about the Bolivia job, like, eight times and showed that same shot of them like, in the rain or whatever. In the yeah. rain. And I was like, why? Like we get it. They were in Bolivia and it almost became like a parody of itself mm-hmm. or a joke within a joke. Yeah. Kind of, and like that didn't really connect with me. Yeah. And I, I think really it's just the, 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 the ending, like the third act is a little bit messy, but like, I think it has to be, yeah. everything's careening towards this, this point. Out of and control. then like, yep. The thing with Joey King and Michael Shannon, like she's his daughter. And I like, like that. That was good. I, I, I didn't that see one. that coming, yeah. so that was cool. Yeah. Um, the twist that you know Ryan Reynolds, you know, was the, <laughs> the, is the Carver the Carver, and like that's why everyone on this train was supposed to be here because he's getting revenge. Because I, I hate Carver. I was I was waiting the whole time for like why why are all these assassins here? You know, so I think yeah. they did a good job with with the plot yeah. of, of laying all that out. Really, it was just a kind of a flow thing of like bouncing between action and comedy. Mm-hmm didn't it wasn't as tight as it could have been yeah, yeah. well and yeah. I, I don't want to jump into on your on your point about you know why everyone is there i really yeah. like the way they did it because where did his plan fail and it was the pieces that he didn't put in play yeah right that yeah he didn't deliberately put on the train or the parts that failed him yeah where, where the plan collapsed and yeah. uh so i gave it a six. Oh, oh i didn't wow. i actually thought we were gonna go in a different direction i didn't know uh-uh so um, okay, so there's there's a couple layers to this. Okay. okay. Um, the first layer is um, if you are at all familiar with how oh. Japanese shinkansens work. 
This mm-hmm. is not. This is not the film. And Andrew to watch. is having my problem. I was going to say so, right now. Like, yeah. But okay. So it's one of those things where there's a lot of disbelief dollars at play here. Yep. I already kind of knew what I was getting into with the film, so I I sure. accept that there's going to be some absolutely absurd stuff. Because even in the trailer, they have him where like the the train's moving and like they're hanging out on the side of the yeah. the train. So you know whatever. We knew it was going to be a problem. Yeah. yeah. But you so you look at that and you have to say okay. Well, none of none of this actually makes sense if this is brought into the real world, unless you have this crime boss that essentially ha- runs that he has train. So line. much pull. And he he yeah. has so right. much pull that he can either pay off the workers, he can pay off the um, and and essentially control the train uh, as remotely as you possibly can, yeah. which you you can with with bullet trains, and there really should be no way that a person. Um, can control it there, mm. basically. Like there, are, there are definitely ways to do it. Sure, but it is not one of those things where there's just like a throttle. Yeah, right. For for like, oh, uh, make the train go fast, make the train go slow. Um, so you have that. So the honestly, my biggest problem that immediately took me out of the film was the elder teleporting like. 13 different stations he, ahead. He, he, yeah. caught, he caught a different bullet train. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because he is like, because the only time that he knows that his son is even on the train, they're already on the train going. Yeah. Right. And he's like, so you're going to Kyoto. And then like, you know, a couple, you know, things later, he's just at a train station. So like, but there's no explanation. Maybe he got on a helicopter. Maybe yeah, he well, like caught a it's flight. It's possible because <laughs> we don't know the time difference of whenever mm-hmm. he was at the um, at the hospital with his son yeah. looking at the train. Like the next and day then or it, whatever. Yeah, it could be a, a substantial amount of time. He just happened to live and, that direction. And yeah, but for all we know, he, he traveled up to Tokyo. Or he was on went, a, he was on a, the basically the line before that. Right. But we don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, with those kind of things, then you have like the Yakuza just being available at every train station that they need to stop at. Um, this guy's got some major pull. Major pull. Yeah. So, like, there's some, you know, kind of a couple things here and Conveniences, there. Conveniences, I yeah. guess, plot conveniences. Um, yeah. Because at some point, like, this is a linear line that is going down one one way. Yeah. And yeah. you have to either justify it or just completely ignore it when they completely ignored it. Um, which, yeah. is, you know— that you just have to assume that it's the Yakuza. He's the he's one of the most powerful crime bosses in the world. The white death. He can and just do whatever he wants. Also, I would just go ahead and say that he seems fairly prepared for this. Being in that's the, true. He, so he may have you know devil's Wait, advocate this, had this prepared is, a exactly, team yeah. of Yakuza it at every stop. It would have been stop. nice to have something in well, there. Sure, to they did kind of yeah. give it to us in the sense that he orchestrated them being on the train. Yeah, like like the only reason everyone collides on the train is because he wanted them he all wanted there them because he wants revenge for and he, a specific And he was like, happening. well, I was hoping that you'd kill each other by the time you got here. Yeah. But you didn't. And now it's my problem. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like that was kind of the biggest, biggest thing for me. And it, it wasn't even that like, like, oh, this isn't how trains work kind of thing. It was really more on the lines of there's a couple teleporting characters that, I, that I've knocked sure. before. And then you just have to assume that he has per- he has bought off literally everyone that he spent a lot of money on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I gave it a second. We take it for what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's but that's the, fair. The rest of the film um, made sense, and it was totally fine. I didn't even care that Brad Pitt survived the whole the the train crash because <laughs> it's definitely one of those things where like that's kind of the whole point of the film is that he's ac- he's actually not bad luck at all. He's actually very lucky, right? Because yeah, he yeah. survived all these things that yeah. should have killed other people. Correct. 
but yeah. it just feels like it's bad luck because he. Yeah, I, I feel it. like that like is a good like wrap to that story too. But, yeah. So they stuck the landing there for sure on like mm-hmm. showing all the, these cases where he's like so unlucky. Yeah, led to him being actually really lucky. Yeah, and like you know? the kind of the handling because it, it's kind of a higher end concept for what the movie presented itself as of like the idea yeah. of fate and luck and bad yeah. luck and these things. It was, it was kind of interesting just to have that in there. It just, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Entertainment? So, entertainment. Ryan? I'll go first. I gave it a seven. Um, I liked it. It, it wasn't bad. I, I just think that I enjoyed the action a lot more than I enjoyed the comedy. Yeah. I don't want to beat a dead horse because I've said it the whole episode. <laughs> go off I, the rails? Yeah. I, I really feel like this is a fun movie. I would watch it again. But it does not end up in that upper echelon for me as like some classics like Hot Fuzz, Snatch, you know, other frantic, high paced, you know, action comedies. Yeah. Like to me, the, the humor in this didn't, I didn't even laugh as much as I did in like Deadpool 2, which is another David Leach movie. Yeah. Like it felt similar in some ways, but for whatever reason, like I felt the humor in like something like Deadpool 2 just connected more with with my sense of humor, maybe, or maybe. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. Again, I liked ten, Lemon and Tangerine. Mm. Brad Pitt just fell flat for me. And I think I enjoyed it. I would watch it again. It was a visual thrill ride. It was yeah. absolutely a fever mm. dream. But it like, <laughs> it just lacked polish in, I think, the music choices and the performance and the comedy to like really pull it together to be like yeah. fantastic, yeah. you know. Uh, so I gave it a nine. Okay. Um, this was, so I don't like Snatch as much as you guys do. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I've seen it one time. It was fine. I would watch a it again. A long time ago. We, long, we, need yeah. to, we need to do a rewatch. Yeah, but it, it was definitely one of those films where I was like, this is a film. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was not impressed or, or unimpressed with it. It was just there. Yeah. Uh, this was one of those films where visually it was super fun. The mm-hmm. action scenes were great. I enjoyed the comedy. The music was there. And, uh, you know, I can forgive a lot of the, the, the plot, you know, discrepancies that I have yeah. just because... Maybe it's the setting because I've I've been on a Shinkansen to Kyoto, um, yeah. like that. Like there, I mean, it was just a lot of fun, yeah. and I I genuinely just enjoyed it. It's definitely going to be one of those films where never it comes out. I'll probably actually buy the Blu-ray for it. Look out! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, why not? I gave it a nine as well. Yeah, and uh, this is this is kind of my reference sounding board point, right? So like if we ever do a Snatch or a Hot Fuzz, those are a 10 entertainment for me. I've watched those both those movies a lot. I mean, Hot Fuzz is, is definitely it's, a 10 it's, entertainment. It's yeah, yeah I, both those are 10 entertainments for me yeah. as well. <laughs> so just, just for your, your at-home listening <laughs> reference board here. Uh, Connect so yeah. all the red string on the, <laughs> yeah. the wall. So He said Snatch was a 10. <laughs> Ryan actually brought up a name earlier in the, the discussion here about uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Which is I thought was really interesting because a lot of reviews referenced him and mm. not Edgar Wright or Guy Ritchie. Like you could almost not find anyone. And, really? And I'm just going to go ahead and raise my hand here. I yeah. do not like Tarantino at all. I also do not like I'll Tarantino I'll raise my hand and I all. say I love Tarantino. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. Yes, so I, I, I feel like – well, no, 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 no. I feel like what we have here is proof that this is not a Tarantino-esque film yeah. because it didn't, it didn't Edgar, hit as well. Edgar Wright, this is Guy a Guy Ritchie, Edgar Wright yeah. style – and I think it's interesting because it feels kind of like David Leach is kind of working his way through the balance between like a John Wick versus a Deadpool 2. Sure, And yeah. trying to find that that ground that he is where it's like his own. Yeah. Uh, because it did miss maybe some of the snappier – if it's Edgar Wright, you know, the cuts would have been really yeah. snappy. Oh, yeah. And the you know, he does a lot of the, the zoom into an object kind of thing. A lot of purposeful yeah. filmmaking too that kind of, again, marries that action. And it helps a lot. Yeah. 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 And, and this one maybe didn't quite have that. But it doesn't matter 
because the comedy, <laughs> the comedy hit for me. The the action hit for me. You know, the only thing that I would put it as Tarantino esque is it's a little bloody. Yeah, he yeah, loves there's some there's some gruesome deaths. Yeah, there. he loves his blood, and I, I guess that's where people drew the comparison. It, it is. It felt very Kill Bill. Yeah, 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 it really did. Kind of, but well, just yeah. just like with the over the top death. Yeah, yeah, I guess it. Yeah, but you know, Lauren and I came out of the theater, and both of us loved it. Which is that that in itself is a big win. Yeah, when yeah. something like that is on screen, and she's all into, she's not grossed out or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so obviously the other elements won out, and that includes you know with with Tangerine dying and losing one of the big characters and someone that she really liked. She really enjoyed yeah. Yeah. that. So having that, like, that's that's a big commit from someone to take what is obviously absolute fantastic on-screen chemistry and be like, there will be no sequel with these characters. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, I, mean, I I loved it, absolutely. I wonder about a lot of the points we've brought up of, like, how accurate it is to the book. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't even know it was based on a book. So, <laughs> right. so I, I'm glad you mentioned the book because yeah. we, should, we should actually mention, so the book is titled Maria Beetle. Mm, okay. Which is actually the name of Sandra Bullock's character. Uh, okay. So I wonder what the perspective maybe is. Uh, the author is Kotaru Isaka. Mm-hmm. And I probably butchered that. You probably did. I, I totally did, but it's oh. okay. Uh, so it's from 2010. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because there were, you know, there's been objections in reviews and critics and everything about, well, you know, it's, you know, it's Brad Pitt and a bunch of British dudes all this on a, pl- on a train in yeah. Japan. And the author is actually pretty on board with, he basically was just like, well, well, why do you think that my assassins were Japanese kind of thing? So in the book, I guess he never really – I guess he – you know, again, I haven't read it. Yeah. Uh, I would be interested to read it based on this just yeah. to see the, the differences uh, because, yeah, you know, I love the film. Maybe I'll love the book too. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you, you got it right. It's Kotaro Isuka. Nailed it. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's uh, also my earlier – not in here, but I really hesitated on uh, Hiroyuki's last name because I was like, wait a minute, there's another Hiroyuki. <laughs> there's Hiroyuki Sano, there's Hiroyuki Sanada. It's apparently a, a, a popular name. It, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's relatively It's common. popular enough from our perspective, yeah. Yeah. So who do you guys think this movie is for? Me. Okay. <laughs> Outside of Andrew, what type of person <laughs> well, I mean, should watch this it's movie? A, it's a Edgar, if you are an Edgar Wright, a Guy yeah. Ritchie, maybe if, a Tarantino I, fan. I think if you, if you like... Um, Burn after reading. This is definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, again, snatch, uh, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels came yeah, to mind. Any any mm-hmm. kind of um, ensemble cast. Yeah, yeah. It, it o- Ocean's Eleven type o- of movie. Maybe maybe not Ocean's Eleven. Maybe not. Well, I, just I, well, felt, I feel like a lot of people s- like Ocean's that don't like like would probably not enjoy the gore. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, no, this is or, a different level for yeah, sure. Yeah, because yeah. Ocean's is like PG thirteen, right? And this absolutely earns its R rating. Oh yes, it cannot does. cannot be stated enough. Even though you have hilarious stuff like you know the the toilet seat where he wrote do not open snake and stuff like that <laughs> right. on there the um the the yakuza gang members at the end um they're they're like face masks yeah and just like their general look oh was so cool and that was yeah that was basically guy, straight out of an anime mohawk. oh yeah the mohawk yeah. Oh, like, man. like straight out of an anime yep that's the kind of character I but it helps right because we have faceless mooks but now we can at least identify different ones yeah yeah so yeah, I, I think. Uh, I so think who's it not for? Whoa, whoa. Like, who should avoid it? People that like Tarantino. I don't know. I mean, out of, I didn't get the right, out of yeah. two out of three um, people that don't like Tarantino, <laughs> but we love this film. Yeah, and then the one person that does like Tarantino didn't like this film. I mean, yeah. if you don't like a lot of over the top violence, yeah, this is not for you. I would say steer clear. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, oh, so small thing that I really loved was every time you had cursing in Japanese, they subtitled it, but just with just, with the, just the, 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 the yeah, the little uh, characters instead yep. of anything. I thought that was hilarious. They want you to know they're cursing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially like the little girl with the water bottle where it gets stuck. She's like, ah! <laughs> they, they can say anything they want to and it just goes right on by. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who do you think this movie is for and not for? Yeah, you've been quizzing us. I, mean, I, I was just trying to like start the conversation. I think if you like Snatch, if you like Edgar Wright, you should give it a shot. Yeah. I think for me, the comedy just didn't land. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, for a lot of people, it obviously does. So, like, I think anyone that likes movies with a plot that all revolves around, like, a bunch of characters interacting and things kind of locking into place as it yeah. goes. Yeah, and you, individual plot lines all coming together. Yeah. And I think anyone that's a fan of action should see this. Oh, I think yeah. this oh, is yeah. one of the better action movies that's come out in the past, you know, in a while. decades. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, in a yeah. long time. Like, again, I can't stress enough. All the fights are fantastic. So yep. if you just want a blisteringly fast, you know, action movie, this is perfect for you. I think people that maybe should avoid it are people that really, really, really want really tight, well-connected action and comedy. Yeah. Because, again, that was my biggest thing was, mm-hmm. like, Brad Pitt just didn't land for me. Other characters did. I think if, 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 you, if you want something that's, like, laser-focused start to finish on, like, being a cohesive Edgar Wright style movie this Not doesn't that quite do it. Yeah. It's almost like David Leach was doing a Guy Ritchie impersonation instead yeah. of actually doing probably what David Leach needs to do. So I'm hoping his next movie, yeah. like you're saying, with between Deadpool 2 and like John Wick and stuff, he can like this is what a David Leach movie is. Yep. Yeah, I think we're on the right track for sure. Yeah. He just that, needs to tighten up the the back and forth. Yeah. That is definitely, you know, his next movie that comes out, I'm going to pay really close attention to. Like, I, yeah. I honestly, I don't know if I would have seen this movie if we hadn't decided we were going to do it for the cast. Yeah. Or if I would have caught it, you know, like on streaming or, Probably or, same or whatever. Here, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I forced them to. It was, it was me. Well, I, don't, don't go that far because <laughs> we were all kind of like, yeah, that looks kind of like it could be, you know, a total fever trip. You know, oh, well, well, what if it's really bad? Or, well, what if it's I really wasn't, good? I think the marketing for this wasn't that great. It was not no, good. Like, I think good. the trailers made it out to be way more generic than what it ended up Exa- being. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I, I kind of was reluctant to go see it just because the trailers I watched, yeah. I was like, yeah, it looks like it might be kind of fun. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely uh, going forward, looking for the next David Leach film to see what he can bring. Definitely. Yeah. But on that note, I do believe that is all the time we have for this episode. So until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Andrew. And I'm Ryan. And as always, every spoiler was intended. <laughs>